Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 104 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Jared Klein from Rivers of Nile discusses his first band, and I recommend the German melodic metal band Oversense. Before all that, I welcome back to the show Ross Jennings. Ross Jennings is a man of many hats. He's the frontman of Haken, Novena. He was the frontman of Mike Portnoy's Shattered Fortress, and he's now setting out on his own with his solo project aptly titled Ross Jennings. On November 19th, he's releasing his debut solo album, A Shadow of My Former Self. He joined me on the podcast to talk about that album, the eclectic influences behind it, touring with Devin Townsend with Haken, video games, U2, motion capture experiences, what's next for Haken, and a lot more. So now before we dive in with Ross Jennings, here's a bit of the song, Words We Can't Unsay, from A Shadow of My Former Self. Howdy. How are you? How's it going, Daniel? Yes, how are, are you? Right? I'm doing well. How are you? Why is, oh, there we go. My my fancy dance, you know, high security uh, sticky note made my background purple like yours. <laughs> Take that. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, this this was unintentional, actually. I um, Let me just see what's going on here. I can leave the purple up. I mean, we're, that's, that's fine. But <laughs> I don't know what your yeah, background is. Admit, Mine makes me look way more. It wasn't meant more. to be there. This, this is real life. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty snazzy. That's what my wall this way looks like. It's just band posters. It's all my wife's books. It makes me look very well read. I, unfortunately, am not quite as red as she is. <laughs> I, I have a habit of buying books and uh, not yeah, not having the time to read them. Oh, well. very much same. I have <laughs> lots of books, so but I've. We're in common. Yeah. What's the last book you read? <laughs> Unofficial pre-question um, question. <laughs> The, the last full book I read from cover to cover was um, uh, Devin Townsend's autobiography, actually. What do you think um, of that? Yeah, it's um, informative about his life. And then I think the second half of the book was a tangent into his brain, <laughs> in yeah. how his brain works on various things of life. Really cool um, perspective on things, actually. Enjoyed it. Yeah, I did as well. Like, I absolutely agree with the the last chunk because I listened to his various. Uh, he did like commentaries over the initial DTP albums, and he just you know dives very deep into his psyche and makes you wonder if like, are you okay? Yeah. And that's what the last half of the book felt like. Yeah, yeah, he's a very deep soul, and uh, you know, I believe he meditates a lot and is quite a spiritual person. So, yeah, this is a. Uh, very um cu- very curious I, w- I recommend that read to anyone actually it's uh, hard to find stateside i think i had to get some very expensive really? european release of it and i mean i got the cd that came with it which was a perk all right so uh let's actually kind of go off of what we were just talking about a little bit with uh devin townsend because i was supposed to see you guys in 2020 on that tour uh, i think it was a week and a half before you were hitting san francisco the world fell apart yeah how was that tour for uh for you and yours 
and being in the middle yeah. of that as it fell apart. Yeah, that was that was kind of leg two of the the tour we had. We did a whole run with with them in Europe, uh, which was some incredible. Um, they had a much bigger production, a lot more budget, I think, in the on the European run. Um, when we came to the states, it was a stripped down affair for Devin. Um, um, incredible to watch the master at work every night. Actually, <laughs> Le- learned a lot from from him and his. Uh, you know the, his approach to life and shows, his, his warm-up routine, and he's a very zen person yeah. to be around, actually. Yeah. And how, D- is despite it- his on-stage persona, oh yeah, uh, which like, is quite animated. <laughs> I've talked to him a few times on here, and it's it's always this kind of walking contradiction of like manic's the wrong word, but he he has a lot of thoughts at once. And uh, I feel like when he's on stage and in a show mode, he's able to kind of, you know, present a bigger rock star version of that. That's more refined. But when you get him going on an idea, I think he tries to tackle it from all eras or all, all angles. Uh, anyway, uh, I love Devin. We're not here to talk about Devin. We're here to talk about you, sir. Uh, how has the last year and stuff been <laughs> since that tour kind of, you know, got canceled and everything? Yeah, well, you mentioned San Francisco. That was one of the first cities to shut down. And um, we were a few weeks away from from getting to that city, I think, um, when things locked down. And uh, yeah, it was, it was very shortly afterwards that everything came to a halt. And Devin and his band had, had gone home. We woke up in Nashville, um, you know, kind of lost for words and oh oh sugar we better get back uh since possible to the uk and we lost a lot of money on that um making that decision obviously and it's, uh, that was uh, the way it had to be but um the year for, uh, proceeding has been strange obviously haken's kind of been on hiatus in a way um during that period so i've i've found a lot of time to uh focus on some other musical ventures myself um i mean there were there were lots of things going on from home um i have novena as well as a side project and obviously i've did this, done this solo record also yeah you've kept very busy in this time because it was just announced that you have a like an all-star prog trio with nick and neil uh, how did that come to be i imagine there's kind of a prog yeah. tinder where you guys swiped on each other and it worked out <laughs> that's a great way to look at it yeah <laughs> i mean that's a dream gig for me i've been a spox fan yeah since the early 2000s when i discovered them around the time they were at snow i think um so that was the end of neil's era and tenure of the band uh so it's really strange for me to be invited uh, into this kind of reunion with, with neil and nick um yeah my, mind-blowing actually um but yeah people anyone expecting spox meets haken um they probably shouldn't expect that. It's a very different uh, thing we've created. So really excited to share that. New version of the three tenors, I'm guessing. Or I don't know. I don't know the specifics of your vocal range or any of theirs because I'm not read on that. But uh, yeah, three of those. Yeah, well, I'll, uh, I'll remain secretive for now until sure. the first sing- singles drop. But yeah, it's exciting to get that out. And uh, I, I don't expect you to remember this at all, but we talked a number of years ago when uh, Novena had just finished putting the album together 
And then, you know, uh, it finally released in March of 2020 and then everything went down. So uh, how has been, you know, putting out that album that I know is a long time in the works been to not be able to tour on it? I know you have a, a show in September in two months or so. Uh, so that's cool to look forward to. But having that out there, not being able to make a band of it really seems hard. Yeah, that was kind of heartbreaking because um, we had this launch show booked I think for April or May in 2020, um, you know, yeah, as a f- brand new project, first album, um, we wanted to promote it heavy and yeah, lo and behold, due to the thing that happened, <laughs> we, uh, couldn't, couldn't do that. And, um, we yeah, we've actually rebooked the launch show for, um, the end of this month oh. so for the Halloween weekend. Um, okay. Yeah, all all goes to plan. We should be finally able to, um, yeah, play those songs live for the first for the first time. <laughs> um, it's yeah, strange, but that's the yeah, it's the way it goes. Just, and then, just had to su- suck it up and uh, you know accept that this is what's life thrown at us on this occasion. Yeah. I would imagine all the shows that you can get into now. Uh, how how is like the general vibe there? Are you getting shows happening again in your neck of the woods? Uh, we're slowly getting them back here, but they're all like, you know, with negative tests or proof of vaccinating and stuff like that. Yeah, it's the same. Um, it's coming back in a big way, actually. This, you know, we had the Bloodstock Festival, thousands of people attending. Oh, yeah. All had to show neg- negative double vaccination or negative uh, lateral flow tests. And I believe that was uh, quite successful in the end. Maybe there were some cases. Oh, probably COVID cases from that. those, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually went to an elbow concert last night in my hometown in Bournemouth. That reminds uh, me. I talked to Richard last year, and he mentioned elbow, and I promised him I'd listen to them. And he just reminded me I have not kept up on my promise. I'm going to write that down again. Elbow, underline. Yeah, that yeah it's a band. Um, yeah, Rich and I have definitely have been fond of. We discovered them. You know, as they or before they released their debut album about 21 years ago, um, seeing them in small clubs in London and uh, just they were mind blowing back then and have continued that trajectory and you know still an amazing live band to watch. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so coming back to your stuff, your your debut solo album is about to come out, and that's got to be pretty exciting. It's a rather eclectic album from what I've heard so far, and that's kind of how it's being pitched as. Uh, I think the mm. PR thing said uh, a love letter to your extensive record collection. Uh, who are some artists that might surprise people that are on your shelf that you've kind of channeled through these songs? Um, so there's um, initially I set out to write a kind of country sounding album. I'm a, I'm a huge country music fan. Um, so that might, that might surprise people. I think some of my close fans are aware of this already, but um, I just I love the um, the harmonies that are utilized in country music, uh, three part harmonies, that kind of thing. And, um, there's a lot of you know uh, of that on my solo records. Um, in fact, most most of the tracks have a constant harmony running through them, even if they're quite low in the mix. I've, I've sort of created three part harmonies throughout the record. So. Um, so that was a big one. Uh, there's there's touches of you know arena stadium rock, um, love journey and bands like that. Aerosmith and 
that's um so let's little bits of those influences seep into the mix as well and then there's that and we spoke about elbow just now that you know there's there's a few tracks where especially vocally uh some of the ideas have been inspired by, by that band too so radiohead as well groups that i grew up listening to you know in the early 2000s and have stuck with me all these years <laughs> Uh, when we first got on the call, you had the background from your album cover, the purple and white. It has a very like Prince vibe to it. Are you a Prince fan? Like, are you channeling anything with your uh, purple aesthetic you've got going here with the Purple King? Yeah, I mean, I I've got a lot of Prince records in my collection. I can't, I wouldn't go as far as saying like mega fan or anything. Um, like, I don't know all the songs that well, to be honest. There's a lot. But there's of a no. <laughs> There's a yeah. well. There's a general kind of sound that that's there, which is funky pop. Which whenever you inject that into a piece of music, people immediately associate with Prince's sound. And um, so I guess that's kind of a subconscious thing. It's de- it's definitely apparent in the song in the single Violet that I put out um, with, with some of the kind of funky guitar licks that, that I've incorporated, um, and and also there's kind of the disc the disco-y vocal parts um so i can see that yeah um he, prince is yeah a legend sure. um, so it's not not a bad uh, reference to have actually <laughs> uh speaking of violet and also uh words we can't and say there are like these really powerful like horn moments and especially on words we cannot say it's almost like a ska thing are you a ska fan not particularly no <laughs> um not particularly no i I can't can't say i'm a massive fan of ska music um i appreciate all forms of music (laughs) so it's um yeah i mean categorizing like that it's it's lost on me a little bit Um, i I wouldn't i'd I'd appreciate ska music for sure um yeah the just the instrumentation worked for in in my mind for, for this track um yeah, but it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was directly linked to any kind of particular genre. It's really about um, understanding the piece of music that's in front of you and what what instrumentation might work and elevate that. And uh, that was the decision I came to. Uh, coming back to the country music aspect, because part of my ignorance, what's the country scene like in England? Or are you like listening to American country music? So, I. My entry point to country music was through Brad Paisley. Um, I, I, you know, I love his guitar playing particularly, and he writes great songs. You know, the the singles he puts out are, are typically kind of the poppy end of the spectrum. But um, if you really listen to his work, his his catalogue, he's such an amazing guitar player. And really, it was a wormhole for me. Uh, discovering brad paisley and then kind of checking out all associated artists it's led me to eric church and chris stapleton darius rucker and all those kind of big hitters that you've got there um little big town and i'm you know i'm mentioning a lot of the modern country artists um but i also have huge appreciation for eagles and crosby stills and nash bands like that um yeah i we we've you know we've got radio stations here that have you know huge followings here that are dedicated to country music or or maybe like specific you know a few hours dedicated to on the major channels um 
But you don't see people walking around in Stepsons and cowboy boots, really, apart from me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like if I go back to Brad Paisley, I you know he came a few years ago and played the small venue, and then a few years later he's playing the big O2 Arena here and filling it out two okay. nights. Um, we have the Country to Country Music Festival once a year here, which is um, you know a huge deal for yeah. There's obviously a market for it. <laughs> Um, essentially a lot of it is pop music though so it's just um yeah so there's always an appeal for that strand of it yeah. That was Feelings from the album A Shadow of My Former Self by Ross Jennings. I'll have more with Ross in a moment, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere in this episode. Jared Klein from Rivers of Nile discusses his heavy origins. Uh, my first band was called Midnight Vale, um, which then turned into Luck Won't Save You, uh, that I'm still in to this day uh, with Russell. Him and I write music still. Uh, we are in the works for new music, but we're kind of taking our time. I'm telling him not to rush and, you know, trying to keep him motivated, which is amazing. And he is doing an awesome job. Um, yeah, Midnight Veil was kind of like melodic metalcore, I guess. Um, I think we did a couple songs on one of the Luck Won't Save You albums that's out uh but after we after we broke up we made up mid, uh instead of midnight veil we'd call it midnight fail because it didn't really get that far <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah that was fun uh my first show ever with them uh we played at a skate park and i forgot a carpet because I never played a show and my bass drum was sliding the whole time. And at the time, my friend Zach and my friend Xavier were there standing in front of the bass drum, making sure that my bass drum wasn't sliding anymore so I could finish my set. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you would have fallen into the pipe and had to do a set. It's been, <laughs> been so embarrassing. You can't even do a 900 um, with a kit. It was so, yeah, it was so embarrassing because I was, I was like practicing every day ready to go my double bass like I, I was just like so excited about my feet and just like we're opening I'm gonna show the people I look up to like how hard I've been working and stuff like that in the local scene and bombed it <laughs> I mean everyone who's played a show has been there to some degree you just did it in the middle of a on a ramp probably oh yeah um I mean I enjoyed the hell out of it uh I mean, in hindsight, you know, but at the time I, I was bummed, but it's all good. Yeah. That's how you learn. 
Rivers of Nile's new album, The Work, is out now via Metal Blade Records. You can follow the band at facebook.com slash riversofnile or head to riversofnile.com to order your copy. Now before I wrap my conversation with Ross Jennings, here's a bit of Invasion from the most recent Haken album, Virus, that came out last year. On the album, there's the song Feelings, which has the uh, the video that came along with it, which has you in motion capture. Was that your uh, first experience doing motion capture? And how was that for you? Yeah, really exciting. That was um, I was expecting to have all the kind of ping pong balls attached to me and stuff like that. And it was a lot more subtle, actually. Um, basically, the team at Crystal Spotlight, who have done a lot of work for Haken in the past, um, I reached out to them to see if this was a project that interested them and it so happened that um the the main guy miles who, who's you know directed the, the pro- project he uh, also works at a university and they were test um yeah testing these new um you know suits motion capture suits that they got in and the timing was just perfect because i had this idea to do a motion capture um music video so that worked out kind of perfectly <laughs> so the costs of doing that were next to nothing because it was um really an experiment um so yeah that was that was cool i mean very different to because it was the low the low budget end of things it wasn't like going to a major film studio with you know, green screen walls and um you know wires and all that stuff and flying about like they do in the marvel films but uh, yeah it was it was done on a lower budget and had some really cool effects uh, from that so yeah yeah the video is really cool it's got like it seems like allusions to mario 64 and then the, i've seen art for grand theft auto were those like really formative yeah. games for you yeah many hours um wasted on the nintendo 64 when i was a kid wasted how I dare came you? out in about not <laughs> no, well wasted wasted i guess. should have been studying uh, uh, learning the guitar uh, practicing more <laughs> but um the uh yeah like mario golden eye um yeah mario kart <laughs> all that stuff i spent hours on those games um zelda was another one and then uh we had a reference to Guitar Hero, which I never really played too much, to be honest. But um, I thought that would have been a, f- I thought that was a fun thing to put in the video. Um, Makes sense, given that it's a rock song. So, um, so yeah, it was a homage to those early days of um, of gaming for me. And now that your career is music, and I imagine doing it as a job makes seem like. Uh, studying more like it's work or, you know, getting better and training and all that stuff. Uh, do you find in your off time, you have more times for video games or no, or you still think that's what I'm, I'm, I'm not so much a gamer these days. And 
I don't know. I think I grew out of it. Or I just realized I was just terrible at them. And um, <laughs> had better better things to do. Um it's a it's a kind of a misconception that I'm a full time musician though. Um I do still hold a photography job or that's right. Yeah, you know, sole trader bu- sole trader business. Um so that takes up a lot of my time as well. Um I have a new child as well, so that's family I have to factor in. So yeah, there's there's no time for video games these days. <laughs> Fair enough. How has your uh, photography gig been over the last year and a half? Are you getting more distant shots than you normally would to stay away from people? Or is it kind of like down as, you know, events were? Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to f- filtering out the photography a lot more as the years have gone on. And um, really, I just take the the odd gig to, you know, whether it's like school photography or family shoots or you know, the odd events here and there. And um but uh, yeah, there hasn't been a lot of it either, so it's it's been pretty dead, of course, um, up till now. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, while doing a little research, I I caught that I don't know how I missed this entirely, but uh, that you did a live stream recently, kind of playtesting some of these songs, and uh, on there there was a medley of U two songs, one of which was "All I Want Is You," and I kept trying to Google mm-hmm. it to confirm that was the song. Is that was that indeed the U two song? Yeah, correct. I did a um it's the the chord sequence of that track worked with uh, one of my original so it was a, a song called Year from my album and which segued into All I Want Is You and and then I um included excerpts from um I think Bad and uh, the song 40 which is right. a very old YouTube song um all into the mix. So yeah, I was just um, that that track seemed to work with that piece because um, on the studio version of of Year, um, there's a lot more going on instruments wise, and I couldn't recreate that necessarily with <laughs> with just the solo guitar. So I included, I, I decided to just um, have that sort of uh, yeah different approach to. Um, performing that track and including the cover so I thought that was a fun idea um yeah it's you two are a bit of an influence on me as a, as a kid as well um one of the one of the last great rock and roll bands <laughs> in my opinion it's weird how they're just like it's not really cool to like you two anymore like i'm a huge fan of you two i imagine like people feeling violated by them putting an album on your phone against your will is not great for their look, but like I still really like that band. So seeing a medley of U2 stuff on your live stream seems like really cool. Because um, like even the early days, there's some cool stuff there. But all I want is you is like mid career. Like a lot of people don't know Rattle and Hum. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's that, that's peak U2. You know Rattle and Hum, Joshua Tree, that era. Um, and you know arguably that was the the that's them in their prime, and anything that's followed has. Yeah, it's just been them experimenting as a band really um, and naturally anything that becomes mega popular is also bound to attract in equal measure negativity you know sure. that's the way it goes um same same things happen with Coldplay you know I've, I've been a fan of Coldplay since uh their their first album came out and because uh, like again just like uh, with Elbow they were coming into their own in the early 2000s when I was young and going to a lot of sh- local shows and seeing those bands in their formative years so watching Coldplay like become huge it's been incredible to watch as, as a fan yeah. um, 
not to everyone's taste i get it but um you know human beings in a band doing great things that's 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 just the dream isn't it yeah cold you've got, you got to admire that yeah I kind of wrote off Coldplay maybe foolishly for a long time, but when I got together with my wife, they're one of her favorite bands and uh, they played San Francisco and we went and I saw them play a live show and I just saw like the energy of the crowd and everything they were able to do. I went, Oh, okay. Yeah. I get what these guys are about now. So like, I get it. I'm, I'm for it. Sure. Yeah. Um, I understand also that the singles they put out aren't necessarily, they don't necessarily represent what they really do. On right. those records and if you really dig, dig deep um you know they write some great songs They're really sure. really good songwriters uh while trying to confirm that u2 song was indeed a u2 song i stumbled across uh you on a cover of all i want for christmas is you how did that <laughs> come together and are, are you a fan of that song to begin with oh that was just great fun to try and imitate mariah carey um <laughs> yeah um just that was just having a laugh really yeah. that song it, any i'm actually not a fan of christmas songs at all it drives me nuts and i think that was due to years working in like in shopping malls and things and hearing those songs on loop constantly same um same yeah i just can't i can't stand them there's there's only a, a couple maybe that i could bear <laughs> at christmas time we just don't play those songs no but anyway, that was just fun to do. Yeah, had had time to kill, you know. I've got exactly one Christmas song I still like really listen to, and that's uh, "Last Christmas" by Wham, because it's barely a Christmas song. That's fair, yeah. yeah. Um, in the acoustic stuff that you've got coming up, have you found any challenge with these songs, which are still very big productions, to translate to you and an acoustic guitar? Yeah, I felt I, I kind of pulled it off on the live stream, um, and I'll be continuing that route uh, with with the live shows. Um, but yeah, it's been, you know, I'm still figuring a lot of it out. You know, I've got a bit of time to go before the shows happen, and uh, I want to try and find ways to make it a bit more interesting than just a guy and his guitar. But um, but uh, yeah, like you say, there's a lot of layers on this solo record, and in when I was writing this stuff and recording it, I had in my mind this big stage production, um, you know, akin to what Phil Collins used to do, for example, or Peter Gabriel on, the, on their solo shows with lots of musicians and backing singers and, you know, saxophonists and all sorts. There's uh, a lot of string parts on the record as well, which I'll somehow have to replicate <laughs> when it comes to doing these live, but um, but the the focus was at that point just to make sure the studio versions were, you know, of what, what I had in my what I had in my head and what will follow in terms of live. will you know, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so uh, after the shows in November and your uh, like your press cycle for this album like what's next for for you like with shows happening again is haken finally going to get you the virus tour are you going to do a solo tour or like headset microphone are you going to you know call tony levin and he's probably down to do that um, <laughs> i'd love that <laughs> uh so like is haken next is is ross jennings next combo the both open for yourself like what's what's next for you well the, the thing um to bear in mind that haken is always the priority for me um so doing this record was not really to like 
put Haken to the side and then just become this oh, this super ego. <laughs> that was never the plan. Um, I just had I had this urge to have this outlet, um, and instead of just forming another band, I, I want you know I wanted it to be my own product. Um, and what you know, come what may, what will be, will be with that side of things. Um, let's see how people respond to it. I mean, it's been pr pretty positive, I would say, so far. And um, yeah, well, I've, I think I've laid a good foundation for future songwriting that's not in the prog metal realm because um, I've got you know, so much to say musically other than that. But um, yeah, the focus for 2022 will be on Haken touring, finally promoting Virus because um, we're just so excited to perform those tracks Very cool. um that i mean it's a huge album for us so, i mean i hadn't put it on for a while and i went for a drive and put it on and kind of amazed myself um you know what we created it was quite powerful stuff so, um so yeah looking forward to that um there's gonna be lots of touring next year if, if all goes to plan and we've got some stuff with symphony x coming up which i don't think is public really but i mean that's should I, I cut that? See the, or... I, I don't see the point in keeping that secret. Uh, okay. uh, there's one show announced in, in New York. <laughs> and uh, the, the plan is to do more shows with them. And um, so that will be a US uh, visit and hopefully a proper virus US tour uh, after that. Really? Some point. All right. Well, thank you for um, being so back. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's about in between. So, cool. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's cool. In between um, those tours, I'm you know I'm gonna look into seeing what I can do with the solo stuff. That's uh, cool. Man. That's the plan. Yeah. All right. Well, like I was saying, thank you for being on the show again. Uh, I know our, our time's coming to an end. What I've heard from the album is fantastic. I look forward to you know Haken, of course. Anything from you? Uh, you're one of my favorite vocalists out there right now. So uh, you know, at, like you weren't going to do it anyway. Keep on doing what you're doing, man. Hugely appreciate you having me on. Of course. Oh, it's amazing. All right, you've got yeah, thank you. Shadow of My Future Self will be out on November 19th via Graphite Records. You can head to Facebook.com slash Ross Jennings official to keep up with Ross or to the album at the link in the episode description. Or, of course, follow Haken at HakenMusic.com. Now, before I wrap this episode, I'm going to head us over to the recommendation corner. <laughs> I've never called it that. In this episode, I am recommending the band Oversense. Oversense are a melodic metal band from Bavaria, Germany that formed in 2012 by vocalist Danny Meyer and drummer Patrick Lippert. Over the years, the band honed their sound and rounded out their lineup with bassist Marco Volpert and guitarist Jasmine Jazzy J. Pabst. The quartet fused anthemic moments with driving rhythms and soaring melodies. Earlier this month, they released their second full album entitled Egomania. From that album, here is My Eden in its entirety. <laughs>
by Oversense is out now via Dr. Music Records. You can get your copy at oversense.de and follow the band at facebook.com slash oversense music. And as always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the program. If you'd like to talk to me, if you are in a band or if you just want to chit-chat, head to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. There you can also find all the social media stuff. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Music. 
like, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, all that good stuff. Then the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black. Courtesy of Century Meter Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.